In a world where movies are abundant, but podcasts are, well, well, podcasts are also abundant, comes another podcast about movies. You're listening to Stop Talking During Movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 18 of Stop Talking During Movies. I'm your host. The rapper currently and formerly known as Sick, S-Y-Q, also known as Jesse Luke. I am going to rate and rank the last five movies that I watched. Um, it's not really the last five movies that I watched. I watched 12 or so movies since the last time I spoke at you. But um, I will save a few of those for the next episode. These are five that I chose. I, I chose the number one on this list because um, I was going to put the number one movie on this list and... Uh, as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I watched on a plane to Puerto Rico. Um, I had to rewatch it because I wanted to get a year-removed perspective on how I felt about the movie. I remember when I first watched it, um, I think I talked about this on episode two or three when Tisha and I did our top ten from 2019, which it did make my top ten. Um, I really liked the movie, almost loved the movie, um, but I had a lot of problems with it, especially the end. Um, I rewatched it and I just wanted to, you know, <clears throat> figure out how I felt about it having already seen it. Sometimes you, your opinion changes. And I'll get to that on another episode. I'll, I'll include Once Upon a Time when it's not the number one movie on my list because it's a rewatch and it's kind of lame to do that. So the number one on this list today is a first time watch for me. Um, so I watched three great movies, a good movie, and a mediocre movie. Um, my number one and number five, I both watched on a plane. Oh, no, I didn't. Sorry. Number one would have been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I watched on a plane. And then my number five, I watched on a plane. Uh, so let's just jump into that movie. Um, <laughs> so the movie I start, the movie I turned off in order to watch my number five was Citizen Kane. So I think I'm the first person in history to turn off Citizen Kane and put on Terminator Dark Fate. Who are you? My name is Sarah Connor. I've never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. what happens to her because I was her how do we win we win by keeping you alive. Terminator Dark Fate, directed by Tim Miller, um, director of Deadpool. Um, <laughs> that trailer is way better than the goddamn movie. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, the movie, I didn't hate the movie. Uh, I didn't necessarily like it either. It wasn't... Uh, it was... So I turned it off. I turned off Citizen Kane in order to watch this movie. The reason being is I started watching Citizen Kane, um, and it was just too goddamn slow. And 
not uh, engaging enough. Let me finish. You movie snobs are getting angry or angry right now. No, it's too for it's too slow and unengaging for uh, for an airplane flight. Because one of the reasons why I watch movies on planes, I try not to watch like I don't know, like like this to me, this movie is perfect for a plane ride. It's I know I'm I know I'm not going to love this movie. It's not going to be something that I need to pay very close attention to and and it's not something that i'm going to be blown away by it's not something that i need to remember i can have a drink while watching this movie it doesn't matter um but it's action it's uh it, it's kind of an escapism type movie which is perfect for a plane especially if you're a mildly nervous flyer i'm not really but when i fly with my family we flew flew to puerto rico during the corona apocalypse uh we thought that was only appropriate um but yeah, it's like when I'm with them, I get a little more nervous uh, on a plane. So every time the plane would jump, I'm not paying attention to Citizen Kane. I'm paying attention to the turbulence or whatever's around me. If the baby starts crying or is getting fidgety, then I have to pay attention to that. And if I'm watching a great film, then I'm just being taken away from it and not fully appreciating what I'm watching. So I decided to put on Terminator Dark Fate, and it was a great movie for an airplane. Uh, and that'd be a good rating system. Like what it's four stars for a plane, but, uh, as for uh normal, just as a movie, uh, it's just kind of like a mediocre movie down the line. I, I didn't hate it. Didn't like it. I mean, I didn't hate it or love it. And I barely liked it. I would say that, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was good in here and that is a spoiler. And I was going to try to not reveal that, but who gives a fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger's in here. I think it would have, it, it would have been much cooler if we didn't know he was in here, but he's all in the goddamn trailers. And <sighs> so Arnold's in here. He's good. Um, Linda Hamilton, uh, Edward Furlong, Mackenzie Davis, uh, Natalia Reyes. Um, yeah. Director Tim Miller, who directed Deadpool, which I really loved. It's just, <sighs> there's a, there's a, um, there's a reveal late, late in the movie that they set up early in the movie. And it's, not a goddamn reveal at all. It's just so anybody that was fooled by this or anybody that thought, Oh, it's going a certain way or you would just have to be a complete imbecile to not see what's coming. This movie is very, very predictable, very much down the line. You get what you expect. There's no, there's nothing spectacular. They, I think they try to do a lot of spectacular stuff, which just makes everything else absurd. You see these characters flying, like they bait, a couple of these characters are standing on the back of an open airplane while, or, uh, yeah, uh, what would it be like a transport ship in space or in, in the sky. I forget what those are called. It's big giant military planes. They're standing on the back of this while it's open and things are flying out. And I'm sitting on an airplane watching this and I'm thinking there's no fucking way you would be up that high with the, the door wide open and you're not, you wouldn't be freaking the fuck out. I mean, it's just absurd. Um, these characters are flying around. Cars are barely missing their heads. Um, everything. I mean, it's just, it's an absurd storyline. If this uh, Terminator or this human, enhanced human, came back to protect um, uh, Nat, uh, Natalia Reyes's character, none of this would be, none of it makes sense. It's not logical. It doesn't fit what, uh, the director and the writer set up. It, it doesn't fit it at all. It's just absurd. It's action for the sake of action. It's just one of those movies. So watch it on a plane. Don't watch it if you're on the ground. I, I mean, I'm glad I watched it. It's kind of a completion to the 
to the uh, to the trilogy. I know there's other Terminator movies, but I heard that this was supposed to be the definitive part three. I don't know if that's true. I don't really care either. All right, the number four movie that I watched is a movie recommended by my son. He really loved it. Um, I liked it. It's a three-star movie. Um, I had some problems with it. Um, the King, directed by David Mickold. Do you feel a sense of achievement? In what regard? In any regard. Do you? A new chapter of my life has begun. Already I can feel the weight of this crown I wear. I've been forced to rely upon the counsel of men whose loyalty I question every waking moment. I need men around me I can trust. I'm here because you are my friend. King has no friends. King has only followers and foe. But I will come with you. The King, starring Timothy Chalamet, Joel Edgerton, um, a few other people in here. Uh, Robert Pattinson makes an appearance in this movie. Ben Mendelsohn, uh, briefly. Directed by David McCode, also written by uh, Joel Edgerton, um, which was interesting. I didn't uh, know that um, until after when the credits rolled. Um, turns out he wrote several other movies. Didn't know that. Didn't know... Uh, Sorry, I might be uh, giving away my movie snob card. Didn't know he wrote Boy Erased or The Gift. Um, so I liked a lot about this movie. I mean, it's a it's a good story. Timothy Chalamet is a good actor. Um, it's it's visually very very pretty. It's, I mean, it's visually a good movie. It's there's a lot of good stuff about this movie. But I did not buy Timothy Chalamet as a badass or a fighter or a, a big dog as he's called in the movie at all. It was absurd. There was a fight scene early on in the movie that I I thought they were doing it for laughs. I thought this was a laughable scene, and I thought they were going to point that out and acknowledge it. Um, Timothy Chalamet's character is fighting with uh, another character, um, both very young. I mean, they they look they honestly they look like children. They look like teenagers. Um, maybe they are supposed to be teenagers in the movie. I can't recall if they pointed that out, but they're tiny. 112 pounds you know this guy timothy chalamet looks like he's 110 pounds um so they start doing battle in night suits and they're rolling around on the ground and it, it's just them two just two two fighters surrounded by uh warriors in suits of armor and just watching them and i thought it was being played for laughs i thought this was a funny moment uh but it's not it's supposed to be intense you're supposed to buy timothy chalamet's character um how uh king henry you're supposed to buy or is that what I'm, yeah you're supposed to buy him as this killer this great fighter and it's absurd and right from then i i almost turned the movie off early on because i thought yeah it looks good the movie looks good there's some good people involved here but this is a teeny bopper type movie um 
it's like kids you know it's a movie for kids that's what i thought was going on here but i i just let it play let it go kept watching really liked the second act of the movie i thought it it really uh came together but again they throw in these absurdities with timothy chalamet's timothy chalamet's character i didn't like him very much at all in this movie i thought i not that he did a bad job it was that some of the things he was doing were funny like it wasn't supposed to be him acting menacing was laughable it felt laughable most of the time he felt like a child pretending to be strong and which is fine you could have played that up but everybody else around him in this world saw him as strong not strong in the sense of a king strong in the sense of a of a man and it was absurd I, that really bugged me i think this is it's a small thing that just really bugged me that made me hate this hate parts of it like i feel like i hated this movie when things like that like he he issues his challenges to the other side's top guy the king or the or the guy that's in charge of the other army on the other side of the field he issues a challenge one-on-one -on -one, and then our 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 forces don't have to fight we'll fight in their stead and then the winner wins the field and the loser goes away and he does this and it's absurd it's absurd he is not uh, Maybe if they would have built him up as this really great fighter or this great, highly trained person, but he was a drunk, reckless kid with, you know, like 110 pounds soaking wet. And we're supposed to buy that Robert Pattinson's character or anybody is going to be fearful of this tiny little man. And so then he, and then the king is the first one to march onto battle on all the battlefields is absurd. The king is going to die. Like, if that were the way things went, kings would just die. Like, he would be dead. All he jumps into battle in this muddy battle, and and which which is done pretty goddamn well, by the way. So the battle scenes are pretty well. They're they're really interesting and different and very realistic. There's a lot of realism here. Um, but then when his character gets involved, it becomes this really silly fake dance i think um where i i just couldn't suspend my belief it really bugged me um especially when he issued his second challenge to uh i mean i, I don't know I don't this is a spoiler but he issues another challenge to another character and the character accepts the challenge uh long after the challenge was issued and no oh, i don't even, i don't even want to get into it as a spoiler but it's a, it's silly it's dumb and I don't know. That stuff really bugged me. There are some good things about this. I really like Joel, De Joel Edgerton's character. He was really cool. Uh, cool. That's a great way to put it. Um, he was a good character. Um, and then Lily Rose Depp at the end, uh, near the end, she ha played a good part. I thought it was good. I don't know. There was a lot of good things about this movie. The, the story altogether was good. Um, you know, just like a lot of good things but i don't know some things were just very extremely distracting and annoying but a lot of good stuff about this movie too i would recommend this movie especially if you're not bothered by his character um how especially if that doesn't bother me maybe me pointing it out would bother you but so i'm sorry about that but there's a lot to like here um i was just annoyed I, it's, this is an annoying great movie i think all right number three the Big Lebowski. <clears throat> this was a 
Yeah, man, it really tied the room together. Well, this was a valued, uh... Yeah. Tied the room together, dude? My rug. Were you listening to the dude's story, Donnie? What? Were you listening to the dude's story? I was bowling. So you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. You're like a child who wanders into the middle of a movie and wants to know... Walter, what's the point, man? There's no reason. Here's my point, dude. There's no fucking reason why these... Yeah, Walter, what's your point? Huh? Walter, what is the point? Look, we all know who is at fault here. What the fuck are you talking about? Huh? No, what the fuck are you... I'm not... We're talking about unchecked aggression here. What the dude. fuck is he talking my about? My rug. Forget look, it, Donnie. You're Walter, out of your element. Walter, the Chinaman who peed on my rug, I can't go give him a bill. So what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? The Chinaman is not the issue here, dude. I'm talking about drawing a line in the sand, dude. Across this line, you do not. Also, dude, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. Walter, this isn't a guy who built the railroads here. This is a guy. What the fuck are you Walter, he peed on my rug. He peed on the dude's rug. Donnie, you're out of your element. Dude, the Chinaman is not the issue here. So who, who? Jeff Lebowski, the other Jeffrey Lebowski, the millionaire. That's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. Plus, he has the wealth. Obviously, and the resources, uh, so that there's no reason, there's no fucking reason why his wife should go out and no money all over town, and then they come and they pee on your fucking rug. Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? Yeah, but. Okay then. <clears throat> that rug really tied the room together, did it not? Fucking a. This guy peed on it. Donnie, please. You know this is the fucking guy. I could find this fucking Lebowski guy. His name is Lebowski. That's your name, dude. This is the guy who should compensate me for the fucking rug. His wife goes out and owes money all over town and they pee on my rug? They pee on your fucking rug? They peed on my fucking rug. That's right, dude. They peed on your fucking rug. The Big Lebowski, directed by Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers. Um, very, very memorable movie. Very quotable. I quote it all the time now, which is 20 years too late. Um, movie came out in 1998. I'm very late on this movie. I did watch it when I was younger. I don't, I didn't remember almost anything about it to be, and when having rewatched it, I don't, I for sure didn't remember anything about this goddamn movie. Um, I liked it a lot. We laughed a lot, watched it with the wife. And I was very surprised to see her laughing a lot. Um, it's funny. It's unique. It's a different type of movie. Definitely has that Cohen Brothers feel. A little less... Uh, it's like Cohen Light, I think. Um, funny. Yeah, I already said funny. It's unique. I already said unique. It's not repetitive at all. Um, yeah, it's a very good movie. Uh, <laughs> really butchering this. Let me look at my notes really quick. Oh, that's that's pathetic. Look at my notes. Very funny, very different. A unique movie that I probably watched for the first time 20 years too late. Um, yeah, there's very memorable characters here. It's a very unconventional and surprising movie. Glad I finally caught up with this movie. I'm very late to this movie, which is, uh, it's bad, you know, but I kept, I keep hearing all these things about it. The thing I heard about this movie a lot was the Jesus, which I thought was just this tiny little part of the movie. It wasn't even a big, I honestly didn't even like it that much. Didn't even like that part of the movie. I love the Donnie stuff. Uh, God damn. That's the, that's the thing I take away from this movie the most. I think Jeff Bridges was awesome, obviously. Steve Buscemi, great. Julianne Moore, always good. Philip Seymour Hoffman was tremendous. Love him. 
Um, but what was great about this goddamn movie, the best part of this movie, and I don't, I don't know if I'm alone in this or if this is a commonly held opinion, but John Goodman, he was fucking awesome in this movie. Iconic character. Loved his character. Um, I don't know. Is that the takeaway that a lot of people have of this movie? John Goodman was awesome. I don't know. I love that character. It's so goddamn funny. He, I quote him all the goddamn time to the annoyance and uh, anger of my wife. But yeah, love, love it. It was a very, very funny movie. Um, the Big Lebowski. All right, number uh, two, second best movie that I watched. This is a rewatch. This movie is directed by Jeremy Sonier. Green Room. Okay, I'm with the Eight Rights from Washington, D.C. You guys are hard to find. Why no social media presence? Music is shared live. It's time and aggression. You gotta be there. Sorry, guys. Gotta clear out. Follow me. And then it's over. Holy shit. You can't keep us here and gotta let us go. We're not keeping you, we're just staying. You're so fucking dead, guys. What do we do? Oh shit. This will be over soon, gentlemen. What are they doing? They're coming. You gotta go. And we die. How long can we wait? Sure, that is. You guys have pep talk. You stab some shit. Get ready to run. Here we go. Green Room. Great goddamn movie. This movie is inspiring to me. Makes me want to make movies. Uh, makes me. I just love. This is this is what I love about movies. A small movie, but beautifully shot. Uh, great little small script. I love it. This mo- I really love this movie. The violence in this movie. I feel like I've talked about this movie on this podcast before. That is annoying to me. Did I talk about this movie already? Probably did. That's annoying. All right. If I'm repeating this, I'm sorry. But I love this movie. I love the violence in this movie. I think he does. Jeremy Saunier does violence better than any director out there. I think, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Oh my God. Director of uh, bone Tomahawk. Oh my God. Why am I, why am I skipping on his name right now? That's crazy. Those two directors. I'm going to find that. That that's annoying me. Bone Tomahawk. Why am I forgetting his name? That is annoying. S. Craig Zoller. Goddamn stupid. S. Craig Zoller and uh, Jeremy Sonier do violence better than pretty much every, any other director. I think it, it's very authentic. It's very real. It's raw. It's not pretty in any way. It's not. It's ugly. It's real life ugly. And, th- and the violence in this movie is just like that. It's so raw and real and gritty. And it's, it's not done in an action-y type way. Like the, 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 the stark contrast to Terminator Dark Fate and Green Room and how they deal with violence is it, it's it's insane. That's about as far a gap as you can get. I love the violence in Green Room. Not that I love the violence. I'm not like a 
I'm not a gore fan per se. I'm not like into like super violent movies. In fact, I avoid some of them. Uh, I kind of avoided Bone Tomahawk for quite a while because I had been shown that really gruesome scene. And if you've seen the movie, you know what scene I'm talking about. I had been shown that and I was like, Jesus Christ, what kind of person would make that in a movie? Kind of hit me by surprise, but I finally got around to that and I loved it. But yeah, so I kind of avoid it, but I love when it's authentic and real. And I think Green Room was very much that this movie could have easily been a masterpiece for me if I had to nitpick it at all. Um, I would say some of the uh, actions taken by the character are serving the plot, not serving or not authentic to the characters. Kind of absurd uh, actions taken by the characters. There's no way they would have done some of the things they've done. They did, and if they did, they're just extremely incompetent and stupid. Which they were played as kind of naive, but not stupid. Not completely outlandishly. Whoops. Speaking of outlandishly stupid, just had a glitch on the goddamn recording, so it cut off as I was talking about Green Room. But yes, yeah, so the characters were played as naive, but not as dumb as they were. There's no way they would have made some of the choices they made. Um, and if they did, it would just render their characters nonsensical almost. Um, I can see a lot of people having a problem with some of the choices they made in the movie and how they turned out and not just the band, but also Patrick Stewart's character who Patrick Stewart was fucking awesome in this movie. I love, I mean, anybody that knows me knows I love Patrick Stewart. I mean, Jean-Luc Picard, he's just, he's an, he's an icon for me. He's, uh, really love Patrick Stewart. He was great in this movie. He's always great. I think he's just a top level actor. Um, I, I feel like he should just be a leading man. I don't know why he isn't leading some movies. He never really has, except for maybe the Star Trek movies, but it's kind of sad. But he is really good in this movie as the villain. But even his character made some choices, and some of the Nazis made some choices that just didn't feel authentic. But it, this is all nitpicky. This is a beautiful movie. I love this movie. Highly, highly recommend this movie to anybody that loves movies. If you haven't seen it, watch Green Room. Uh, Great goddamn movie. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of shitty just n- to nitpick this movie because this easily could be a masterpiece for me. I, I think it's such a great movie. Um, yeah, I think I liked it. Um, I mean, no, no, I know. I, I know for sure. I like this movie even more the second time I watched it. Maybe I'll watch it a third time and it'll just jump up higher and higher in my estimation. But loved me some goddamn Green Room. All right, the number one movie that I watched out of the last five... This movie is fucking odd. This is strange. This is a hard one to talk about. Um, because I don't know if I love it or I hate it or... I don't know. It's a hard one. Once again, I uh, was motivated by Melancholia. Uh, Lars von Trier, the director, I was motivated by... After watching that movie for a second time, I was like, I gotta give his The House That Jack Bill a goddamn chance. I heard it's extremely violent and dark and g- gruesome and... Uh, one of those wicked, you know, movies about serial killers, but I got to give it a goddamn chance. And so I did. Number one, the house that Jack built. Your house is a fine little house, Jack. Are you allowed to speak along the way? I was thinking there might be rules. Let me put it this way. Very few make it all the way without uttering a word. But do carry on merrily, just don't believe you're going to tell me something I haven't heard before.
Yes. Oh, this may be a mistake. What was maybe a mistake? Me getting in this car with you. You might as well be a serial killer. Sorry, but you do kind of look like one. The House That Jack Built, directed by Lars Van Trier, starring Matt Dillon. Uh, I didn't even know that was Uma Thurman at the beginning. There's Uma Thurman's in here. Um, Bruno Ganz is the voice of Verge, which is a uh, stand-in for Virgil, I'm sure. Um, this movie's strange. I it's, it's odd. Do I love this movie? Do I think this is a masterpiece? It's, it's one of the most beautifully, artfully made movies that you're going to see. That's what Lars von Trier does. He, he has a goddamn, the equivalent of a slideshow. In the middle of this goddamn movie. A lot of the, the cutaways to predators and prey. and It's it's beautifully made. But it's... it's Do I, do I really want to sit and watch the actions and the exploits of a very truly evil person? There's a lot going on in this movie. There's the surface story of the sociopath. Uh, Matt Dillon's character Jack. Um, there's a commentary, the commentary on art being destructive and creative, the juxtaposition of the building of a house and the killing of innocent people, the destruction and building aspects, the beauty and the darkness of humanity, um, as a point, as opposed to the light, you know, they, there's a lot of, you know, visual, uh, visual keys and visual, uh, would it be, it's kind of like a light motif, light motif, but with, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to put that, but uh, you know, there's commentary on um, the beauty in this darkness, the idols and symbols and icons and of evil and history, like Hitler and Stalin and uh, Pol Pot and all these people that you know represent true evil in our in our culture and our history and our, hu- our shared hi- history and how they all are basically art. They're, they're part of art. They're the art of humanity. Um, you know, it's a, it's a dark interpretation of these, of these things of humanity, but it is a artfully done interpretation. It's a thoughtful interpretation. Um, there's the commentary, um, by Lars, uh, on his own artwork. I mean, there's a scene of mids or, uh, not midsummer, um, melancholia in this movie. So he's putting scenes from his other movies in this movie. So it's strange. And he's commenting on that is, you know, the manipulation of there. I don't know how much I can say without it being a spoiler, but there's commentary on using children and the most innocent among us to manipulate us in art, to pull out these strings. And, and as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, yeah, of course, Lars, you're going to you're going to stick in my memory. You're going your visual that you put in the middle of this goddamn movie with the kids is going to stick with me forever. But is that cheating? It's manipulating. It's of course anybody could do that. My dad told me when I was younger one time. I, so I made really, really dark music when I was younger. And I remember talking to my dad about it and he said, yeah, you're you're being offensive and, and going over the top. But that's not hard to do. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's an art. I'm doing it artfully and all this stuff. And then he just said, oh, yeah, I could just make a song about cutting open somebody's throat and vomiting down it or having sex with a, you know, with a wound or something like that. And he's he just started saying some really grotesque stuff. And I remember looking at him like, oh, God, dad, Jesus Christ. 
And it kind of pointed that out to me that, yeah, you can affect people. You can push buttons. You can, you can stick in their mind by manipulating them, by doing horrible, horrible things. And is that good art? Is that something that I should praise? I don't know. But the fact that Lars is commenting on the, the, what the metaphor here of the entire movie and, and small little, um, portions of this movie being metaphors for that exact phenomenon, I thought was very beautifully done. Um, I was just, you know, in rapture and just engulfed into this movie. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other stuff. There's, there's, uh, the descent to hell, uh, descent into hell, the, um, inclination for most of us to see the good in others and how that trait can be used by like evil people to do us harm. Um, there's the commentary on the nature of man being like that of the tiger and society and religion being the lamb making us into the lamb actually. So, you know, turning us into a lamb from what our nature is tiger, uh, tiger, the predator, the killer, um, that there's a very potent story, a metaphor of walking under streetlights. Um, and that's a metaphor for killing or addiction. And I really thought that was so unique and different. Maybe it's not, maybe that's just like a common thing in, uh, alcohol as an alcohol, AA, like alcohol is anonymous that everybody knows, but I had never heard it thought it was uh really interesting and and just the the fact that he's doing this in, in the middle of a movie i mean this is this is art this is art this is this is the art of filmmaking and i think it's beautifully done he like i said there's a slideshow in the basically in the middle of the movie um there's fourth wall breaking there's all kinds of interesting things in this movie um you know an ambiguous type end what's going on i think there's a plot hole though I can't really discuss the plot hole without uh, basically Verge saying that, uh, telling Jack, and you heard that in the trailer, uh, don't think you're going to tell me anything that I haven't heard before, but eh, they kind of allude to Verge knowing this already, so why would he say that? Um, yeah, I think uh, there's also uh, you know commentary, or or not, not even commentary, just overt... Um, an overt discussion of narcissism leading one to their ultimate demise, which you see uh, near the end, the descent to hell or descent in hell. Um, and there's probably a lot of more stuff, a, a lot of more, a lot of more stuff. There's probably a lot more that I'm not picking up on or that I just haven't mentioned, but this movie is very, very deep. And I know that sounds stupid and trite to say, but it is. I think this is a deep movie. It's a well thought out movie. It's shot beautifully. Although I could do like, again, like in melancholy, I can do without the shaky cam all the goddamn time. Uh, this movie didn't have as much of it, I think as melancholia, but I could do without that. Um, the performances were great. Matt Dillon, all time, great performance. The dialogue and script is fascinating. It's interesting. But what I hated was the gratuitous violence, um, to be honest, especially with the kids. I don't need to see some of that stuff. Um, I know he's making a point about violence. Um, he's doing it in a thoughtful way. Um, but the aftermath of the family segment, what happened in the family segment with the kids and the mother and even the uh, the love, the woman, the beauty that he loves. That scene, it's just, it's a little gratuitous. I get it. You're taught you're, it's a movie about a serial killer. I get it. You have to show some of these things. But again, if you want to shock people, it's trivially easy to do. And I think there's a few scenes in this movie that are, that walk that line. I think 
Lars von Trier, the reason why I really love this movie, and it might be a masterpiece if I ever decide to watch it again, maybe I'll rate it higher. Um, but the reason why I love it is because I don't think he crossed my line, I guess, of sensibilities, but he's right on it. He's, you know, take out a few scenes in this movie, and I probably find it a lot more beautiful. Um, or, you know, just love it even more. But just that family scene, the end of it, the aftermath of it, actually. The the actual scene as it was taking place, I didn't, I thought was horrible, but not, it didn't, It what happened after that scene really just hit me. I didn't like it, thought it was uh, over the top, didn't need it. Um, but yeah, I think it's a little bit cheating, a little gratuitous, a little manipulative, but I guess that's the point. So maybe I should be giving him credit, not uh, taking anything away from him. Um... I just feel like any filmmaker or artist could affect your emotions in that way by doing a similar thing. It just, it's just cheating, almost, in a way. But, um, yeah, we, I just wrote in here, like, you could just make a movie, an entire movie depicting the rape and slow killing of children in graphic detail. Show it all. That would be horrifying. It would stick in people's memory. But would it be great art, even if you were commenting on it? Is it something you want to watch? Is it something you're going to love? No, I don't love it. I'm not going to love it. I'm not going to say I love that. But yeah, I mean, the smile scene pretty much almost ruined the movie for me. Could have been a one-star movie for me, um, but it didn't. I think this movie is beautiful. It's, it sticks with me in a, in a good way. Um, the end is very ambitious. It mostly hits the mark for me. Um, there's some technical aspects that bumped me a little bit, kind of took me out of the movie. I thought, come on, really? Really? You're going to use that type of microphone? You're going to use that camera? Um like I said, I think there's a major plot hole involving Verge, but I'm not going to really talk about that. Um, I can't say I love this movie. Actually, I can. I think I do love this movie. I don't think I like it, but I think I love it. Um, so much about it is beautiful. I think the subtext is interesting. It's more interesting than the surface story. I don't even like the surface story very much. I think uh, I don't like Matt Dillon's character, and I know you're not supposed to, but like in American Psycho, that's an interesting character. Um, Patrick Bateman. That's a character you want to see more of. I don't really want to see more of Matt Dillon. I didn't like his character. It was just an ugly character. Maybe that's the point. Um, but I didn't like the surface story so much as I loved the subtext of the movie. Loved the subtext. Five-star subtext for me. Um, and I'm not really a big subtext guy either. Um, but I really love the the beauty of the movie, the way it's shot, the visual aspects, the music. Fucking love the music. Um, yeah, um, this movie might have been, uh, what, 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 I was trying to read some of my notes here, but a filmmaker that went a little bit further with the graphic violence, um, uh, might have made a movie that I would not want to watch. And, uh, I'm talking to you, Serbian film. Um, but this movie sits right on that line, um. I don't know. I really love this movie. It's a great movie. I would recommend this to people that have a strong uh, tolerance or not delicate sensibilities. Um, but yeah, once again, top of my list again, um, Lars Van Trier. Uh, last last episode, it was Melancholia. This week, or this episode, it's uh, The House of Jack Built. Yeah, great, great movie. Um, Alright, until next time, I'll be talking about I'll rank uh, another five movies. Um, hit me up if there's a movie you want me to check out that uh, you really love or that you really hate or that you think is underrated or overrated. Hit me up. 
Uh, yeah, stop uh, stdmpodcast at gmail.com um, on Stitcher Radio or Stitcher, whatever the hell it's called. iTunes, uh, Launchpad, Amazon. Um, I should be on the Amazon podcast now. Um, yeah, tell your friends. Uh, subscribe, hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you haven't already, tell your friends. That's stupid. I don't think you should tell your friends. Fuck that. Don't tell your friends. Just listen, you know. If next time I put an episode, just listen. That's all I ask. All right, thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. Until then, stop talking during movies. Drama, baby, don't ask. What, what, what?